Welcome entrepreneurs and startups to Art of the Kickstart, the podcast that every entrepreneur needs to listen to before you launch. I'm your host, Roy Morjan, president and founder of Inventus Partners, the world's only turnkey product launch company that has helped over 2,000 innovations successfully raise over $400 million in capital since 2010. Each week, I interview a crowdfunding success story, an inspirational entrepreneur, or a business expert in order to help you take your startup to the next level. This show would not be possible without our main sponsor, Product Hype a 300,000 member crowdfunding media site and newsletter that's generated millions of dollars in sales for over a thousand top tier projects since 2017. Check out producthype.co to subscribe to the weekly newsletter. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome to another edition of Art of the Kickstart. Today we are talking with Steve Krengel, co-founder of Yowl. And Steve, I know we had some technical difficulties, so we're sorry that your father, Ken, couldn't make it on this. But either way, I'm really excited to talk to you today and have you on the show. Me too. Glad to be here, Roy. Thanks for inviting us. Absolutely. So Yowl, this is like a super fun, easy solution, obviously, to make actually a massive dent, I think, in the future. So if you would, give our audience a little bit of background in terms of what is Yowl. Okay, uh, Yowl is basically a way to easily replace paper towels with reusable towels. It's essentially a system that includes a dispenser, towels, and a, a mesh bag and uh, to allow you to move through the process really easily of, you know, just you, essentially <laughs> you can take your paper towel roll off your roll now, put a Yowl on, and you're really ready to start re using reusable towels. So I know a lot of us have kids, you know, especially a lot of the listeners out there, and we're always trying to figure out these hacks to optimize our kids' lives or our home lives. And something like this, I think, you know, really is going to be beneficial to the planet, which is why I'm really excited about it. You know, as I mentioned before the show, I just got back from an entrepreneurship trip to Greenland. I was right. really devastated just seeing, you know, what what's happening to our planet and the melting of all of those things. And I think the beauty of this product really is just something that's so simple that is easy to replace in our lives from the typical paper towel dispenser that we're going through a roll, you know, every other day or something like this. So I'm really interested, Steve, to hear what led you to deciding to tackle this particular issue. Well, you know, it was it was interesting. Um, I had a, a really bad paper towel habit myself. And so, you know, I was going through, you know, one, you know, one every two days myself, just, just me. And so I was like, well, you know, how would I solve this problem? And I, I figured out my own solution and it was very similar to what the yellow is now. It worked great. And, you know, then I was like, well, what do I, how do you help other people adopt this lifestyle as well? And, you know, as easy of a way as possible. And part of that was, um, to, that, that was why the yowl kind of looks like a paper towel roll. I mean, we have two versions. We have a countertop version and then we have an under cabinet version. The under cabinet version looks almost exactly like a paper towel roll. And there was a um, kind of a theory that we were working off of, which is by Raymond Loy, uh, an old you know, school industrial designer. And it's called Maya, most advanced yet acceptable. So what we were trying to do is create something that was very similar to you know, how people that were using paper towels 
already worked. There's the unit has uh, 40 towels that come with it. So it's almost the same amount as a paper towel roll. And so the, and, and the towels are very similar to uh, they're, they're nice and thin and about the same size as paper towels too. So it's a very easy adoption step. So how did you guys come up with the name for the product? <laughs> you know, it, well, so I was reading a branding book at the time and, uh, you know, branding is something that's always kind of fascinated me. And I was also spending a lot of time with uh, a friend who, when, you know, he was just messing around or possibly drinking, would always say, yow. <laughs> and so I somehow combined towel with, you know, yow. And, uh, and came up with Yowl. And sometimes you just, you start and you're like, well, okay, this is going to be my working brand. And it was just funny. Everyone liked it and everyone remembered it. And I was like, well, this is our brand. I love it. Innovation from drinking. This is uh, you know, <laughs> always <laughs> interesting what comes out of, uh, you know, late night thoughts, right? Right. Exactly. Exactly. So I love the uh, the stats. I was just looking through the page, you know, and just the, the fact that you guys brought up if every household used just one less, you know, 70 sheet roll of paper towels, it would save over half a million trees each year. And it's ridiculous to think that the paper towel industry is a, a $6 billion industry. And just, yeah. you know, the fact that we are just churning through these paper towels every day. That's I think, the US, you know, by the way. Which is even more startling, I think. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. And, you know, not only that, not only are we cutting down all those trees and going through the process and creating carbon from the manufacturing and delivery over and over and over again, when you throw those paper towels away, they're just creating methane, you know, while they're decomposing. Pretty incredible. Well, Steve, tell me a little bit about your background. What, what led you to being an entrepreneur? You know, basically growing up with entrepreneurs, uh, my dad, uh, his father, they were always thinking of something new to do. Gosh, he, there was uh, a bunch of products that I remember him creating when we were young. He created the first CAD software for kitchen and bath designers, like in 1980-something. <laughs> and, you know, my dad's always kind of been on the forefront and uh, always thinking about new ways to, to do something. And so I think I just got it from him. You know, I, I don't really have any fear around coming out with a, a new idea or a new product and, you know, seeing, and seeing if something works. And, and together, it was fun to work with my dad on this as well. I think we complement each other really nicely. And, you know, it's always fun to do a project with him. So when you guys were designing Yowl, talk a little bit about that process. You know, how did you go about deciding what features, colors in the initial designs and maybe some of those challenges that you've encountered along the way? Yeah, you know, I think with uh, certain products, some products are, you know, you kind of have to force them together and other products, they just kind of come together almost naturally. I think the, the realization that we wanted to make this obvious for consumers and make it look like a paper towel roll, we wanted to keep everything white. We wanted to keep it clean and we just wanted something like an accent color. So that's what, you know, we went with like the silver. So th that sort of, we kind of already knew, you know, the, the, the general makeup of what it's going to be. And I, so I created a prototype. I, I used the wrong software at first. I used Blender and then I brought in some 3D printers. And by the way, 3D printing is not as easy as you think it is. 
but uh, anyway, so those uh, those came together, and I was able to create the first uh, prototype with that. And then we got a an industrial designer involved uh, that we had worked with before, and he really kind of tweaked it and and refined it, and uh, and he uh, and came up with the countertop model. So which we weren't going to do initially, but it, I think it turned out really nice. Yeah, oh, I agree. So let's jump into the crowdfunding side of things. How did you guys first become aware of crowdfunding? And why do you think that crowdfunding is the best way to launch this innovation with? I think in some ways it looked or it seemed like the perfect product for crowdfunding. A lot of people were like, you should get this on Shark Tank or, you know, put it on Kickstarter. It was it was almost just something that everyone just pushed us towards. And, you know, we had heard of it ourselves as well. I think we were, as we did a little bit more research though on Kickstarter, we realized that we were going to probably need some help. And so did a little bit of research on Google, came across uh, Inventus. And uh, at that point, it, it kind of all came together. We, we saw what your capabilities were. We reached out to you as well. And, and uh, everything kind of just felt obvious at that point. Yeah, I mean, you've been working with us now for, for quite a while at Inventus Partners. You know, what were some of those considerations when choosing an agency to partner with? I think it's like working with anyone. When you start to talk to somebody right out of the gate and you get a professional person on the phone, you get feedback, people follow up. You know, we noticed that right away with your team. And so it was talking to you to Inventus versus a few of the other people that we looked at, there was just a difference in, um, in quality and follow-up and professionalism. Well, we love to hear that. Uh, I know before the show, we were talking about some of the prep work leading up to the Kickstarter campaign and how much more work it actually is. You mind diving into that a little bit? Yeah. You know, it's funny because you think that, well, you just create a product, put it on Kickstarter and it just, you know, it launches. And the truth is, is Kickstarter is really just a it's almost just a brand. You have to push it. It's, it's like creating your own website. You still have to push everyone to it. And that was actually a surprise that we didn't realize. We didn't know there was more to it. And once we found that out, that's when we started reaching out to companies like yours. Because it was, it, was, it was almost a disappointment, actually. But it was nice to, again, come across you guys because then it brought everything together and kind of got us excited again. Nice. Well, speaking of bringing everything together, let's talk a little bit about the the manufacturing side of things. How did you guys find someone to help with, you know, the assembly and the manufacturing and now, you know, the product development elements of the the OWL? We actually talked to quite a few companies. We wanted to keep it in the U.S. to start out with just because we um, had done some research and realized there's there's certain complications and uh, time factors that really make uh, going overseas a little bit more complicated. So, our goal was to try to, you know, work with companies that had multiple talents and, you know, like Inventus, you have the industrial design side as well as the Kickstarter side, et cetera. And, and so we found a company that had a lot of stuff on site. They would do their own molds, they would do their manufacturing, and they could actually do the logistics for us. And we just couldn't find, once we found them, we couldn't find another company that really matched up to them. Speaking of the logistics side, let's talk shipping because I know there's a lot of companies that we're working with and direct-to-consumer e-commerce clients that we're working with and Amazon clients that we're working with that are having shipping nightmares. Like, How has that potentially changed you know, any of the forecasts that you guys have currently put together 
of when you're finally ready to ship and deliver the product to your backers? Yeah, the um, I mean, you know, one of the things for us is we actually did talk to a logistics consultant about working in Europe and working, you know, with China, et cetera. And there is, you know, there's so many issues <laughs> with it right now that it was almost a non a non-starter because we're manufacturing domestically. We're not as concerned in terms of product development and getting it to where it's supposed to be, but, um, or product manufacturing, get it to where it's supposed to be. But, um, one of the things I will say in terms of shipping, when you're developing a product there, the size of it does factor in. So Yowl is a little bit larger product. And if you can get, if you can create a smaller product, you're, you're going to save a lot of money in uh, shipping and uh, logistics and, and even how you would want to source it. It gives you a lot more flexibility. Nice. So reflection time, you know, if anything that you could do differently of bringing this product to market or, you know, working on a launch or anything like that, is there anything that you would recommend to our listeners, make sure that they pay attention to as they're going down this path? You know, I almost think almost everyone I've uh, listened to on your podcast or other podcasts uh, related to this type of topic, everyone talks about how the time just stretches out. Things take so much longer than you think they're going to. And what happens with that and what I've seen is it's the iteration process. You know, like sometimes you'll go, okay, well, I just want to tweak. I, I don't know. I just want to add feet to this product. And all of a sudden, you know, that's two to three weeks that you didn't realize, you know, you're like, oh, I thought that was just a simple change. Well, your industrial designer may be delayed by a, a week because he's working on something else that he's trying to finish up. Or, you know, when they get the design back to you, you're like, well, you know, I don't really like that design. And, and so then you have to go back. And I found that by honestly, by actually being involved in the design process, I'm not sure if everyone would really want to do this, but I became the industrial designer's apprentice. Essentially, I learned his software. I had my own 3D printers at my house. And so when I wanted to try to change a design element, I could just do it. And I think increasing the speed of that iteration was saved us a lot of time. Nice. Well, Steve, this is going to get us into our launch round now where I'm going to rapid fire a handful of questions at you. You ready to go? <laughs> I think so. Let's do this. So what inspired you to be an entrepreneur? Uh, I mean, that's easy. That's, uh, that's my dad. You know, I, I think, um, I don't think there was really any inspiration necessarily. I think it was just a natural state of being in our house. It's just, it's just, it was just an, it's just how you were. It's just the way you thought. So yeah, there was never like a, a moment in time. It was just, you know, growing up with, with that. Nice. So uh, if you could meet with any entrepreneur throughout history, who would it be? You know, I, I almost think this is probably uh, some, you know, I'm sure a lot of people would answer it the same way, but I, I'm just a big fan of Elon Musk. Musk is a common theme on our show. Yeah. So what would be your first question for him? One of the things that I find interesting, because, uh, you know, I'm into sustainability, et cetera. And I would like to see a list of things that we need to do as a planet or as a society. What's, what's our to-do list? You know, I know there's electric cars and batteries, et cetera, but like, what can, what's really next on that list? You know, like, how do you maybe combat forest fires and get them shut down earlier or, or something along those lines? But what's our to-do list? Well, I think Yowl's on the to-do list now, right? I, it's, on, it's on my to-do list. 
Nice. Uh, any book that you would recommend to our listeners? I think from a, you know, my, I would say my favorite product development book is called Inside Steve's Brain. It's uh, essentially how Steve Jobs uh, created his products. And I found it really uh, enlightening. Nice. Well, and speaking of enlightenment, what advice would you give to a new inventor or entrepreneur that's looking to launch their innovation? You know, I would probably go back to one of the things I said earlier about being in part or being a part of the process, getting involved to, you know, not just like leave it in other people's hands. I mean, work with them, but you want to also be involved in the process. If you can speed up your iterations by doing your own CAD work or uh, even some of the marketing work, I mean, whatever you can do to, to move that, that uh, process along, that, that's what I would recommend. Nice. Steve, what do you think are the top three skills that every entrepreneur needs to be successful? Well, I would say that's probably different depending on what industry you're in. I think uh, I think branding is really important. Uh, understanding brand and and brand marketing. I would say, uh, you know, I think now nowadays, like having a comfort level with with technology is important. And uh, if I think if you're working in teams, knowing you know maybe like the the agile process, I think that's important as well. Nice. So, Steve, I know the campaign hasn't launched yet. We've got a launch day of October 5th, so this podcast should be live once the uh, campaign goes live. But still interested to hear your take on what does the future of crowdfunding look like to you? You know, I, I, <laughs> that's, that's a tough question. I'm, I'm not 100% sure, but um, I'll tell you what, I do like what you guys are doing over at Inventus. I think, uh, I, think I, do, I would like to see something change. I think there's, uh, I think there's an opening to move beyond Kickstarter. But as long as uh, we're still going the Kickstarter route, I would definitely say, you know, work with a company like yours. Awesome. Well, Steve, this has been amazing. This is your opportunity to give our audience your pitch, tell people what you're all about, where people should go and why they should check out Yowl. Well, I really appreciate it, Roy. Thanks for uh, making my first podcast easy. (laughs) Well, it's been my pleasure. Uh, Really excited to see this product launch. Audience, thanks again for tuning in. Make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com for the notes, the transcript, links to the campaign and everything else we talked about today. And of course, I got to thank our crowdfunding podcast sponsors at the Gadget Flow and Product Type. Steve, thank you so much for joining us today on Art of the Kickstart. Thank you, Roy. Thanks for tuning in to another amazing episode of Art of the Kickstart, the show about building a better business, world, and life with crowdfunding. If you've enjoyed today's episode, show us some love by giving us a great rating on your favorite listening station. And of course, make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com for all the previous episodes. And if you need some help, that's what we're here for. Make sure to send me an email to info at artofthekickstart.com. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll see you on the next episode.